If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. You know, it's so fun to support other people the same way that my clients support me. But what I realized is that the people that I was choosing to support while they were creatives, it made my life more complicated. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. A lot of times in the entrepreneurial space, we feel this pressure to grow bigger and better as our competition boasts their own expansions and big leaps forward. Hiring staff, getting an office space, working with more and more contractors. These are often regarded as the quote unquote sexy parts of a business on the rise. But are those steps right for you and your business? Like, do you need them to be successful and to scale your income? Now, you know, I'm always talking about what hiring a team allowed me to do with my business, but my guest is the counterpoint to that. And I love it. For almost two years, Olivia Herrick has been running her business as lean as possible. No contractors. She didn't replace her studio manager and she ditched her out of home studio space. But instead of her revenue scaling back as she scaled back her operations, she actually generated more income and learned a lot along the way. Now, fun fact, Olivia was the original designer I worked with when starting this podcast, and I'm so excited to have her back for another conversation. We'll dig into what it's like to scale back and still grow a business in a way that feels right for you. And Olivia also has some really interesting perspectives on running a personal brand without ever sharing anything personal on social media. I love this conversation because it dives into a whole different way of doing things that might resonate with you. This is going to be so good. I'm excited to have her back. Let's dive on in with Olivia Herrick. If you love listening to the Gold Digger podcast, then I have the perfect next podcast for you. Imperfect Action hosted by Steph Taylor is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. 
Imperfect Action is a bite-sized online marketing podcast for business owners. Join Steph Taylor as she answers all your business marketing questions and deep dives into the nitty-gritty of online marketing and content marketing, social media marketing, and marketing strategy for business owners. She recently covered the super hot topic of AI and how it could impact the online business world. You've got to tune into that if you're curious about all the benefits and the downsides of using AI in your content creation. Listen to Imperfect Action wherever you get your podcasts. It's not often that I get to say welcome back to a guest, but this one feels extra special. Welcome back to the podcast, Olivia. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very glad to be back again. Okay. So you were on our show back in March, 2019, which honestly feels like a different lifetime at this stage of life. Can you kind of catch us up to speed? What have the last few years of business and life looked like for you? Kind of give us a glimpse of who Olivia Herrick is and if they listen to the past one, who she is becoming. Oh man. I'm kind of, as you noted, it feels like a lifetime ago. Personally, so much has changed in my life in the last four years. I, you know, from when we did our last interview to now, I have had two children. And so I've gone from being not a mom to being a mom of two, which is, has been a really awesome, awesome journey. And has also shaped a lot of how my business has changed. And professionally, I've kind of evolved over the last four years. I have sort of, I feel like I've simplified a lot and I've streamlined and just my general work and life combo has evolved a lot. I've sort of gone from being more mixed up with work and life to being really sort of cut and dry. I work during these times and I'm at home during these times. And yeah, just generally everything's going great. I have wonderful clients right now. I've pu- I published three books, three children's books and a gift book. I just can't believe, I don't think I would have even believed that if I had <laughs> told 2019 me that. And I, I also feel maybe on more of like a high level evolution, I feel so much more sure of myself and just like mm. accepting of who I am and at peace with that. I think part of that is just the gift of growing up. Like it is such an honor to get to be a year older every year. And I think, I don't know if you feel this way, but I just feel in every year, this deeper sense of peace and self-love and self-acceptance that really makes the rest of life even better too. Yes. Oh my gosh. I couldn't agree more. And it is just so crazy how much can change so quickly, especially in this stage of career and motherhood and marriage and all of the places that we find ourselves in. I often reference that like we're in the thick of it, which is why we feel stretched thin, but that thinness is just a reflection of how full life is. And I think that can be like a beautiful illustration of what, where, where we find ourselves, which is amazing. I want to know, so something that I love about you and something that I've also felt within myself is just kind of this desire to pull back, to scale back. Mm-hmm. Was scaling back your business a conscious decision? Kind of walk me through what that's looked like for you in the last few years and like what the catalyst was for that change. Yeah, so I made some really dramatic changes in the last, basically starting in the the very late fall of 2021. My studio manager, my project manager, essentially, who was really my right-hand woman in running my business, left. She took a full-time job, an awesome agency job, 
And I had sort of made this conscious choice to just be like, okay, what if I don't replace her? What if I just to like take this next year and run as lean as possible? At this point, I was pregnant with my second child. And so I just, that point I was at mentally, I was kind of in a place where I wanted to do a little less in general, or, you know, you're kind of like tiptoeing into that like nesting phase. You're just kind of slowing down a little bit. And so after my studio manager left, I basically decided I'm not going to replace her. I kind of been at this place where I felt this very intense pressure to build a team. I was using some contractors. I had my studio manager and I just felt like there was a lot of noise kind of coming at me from externally saying like, you need to have a team to be legitimate. You need to have an agency model. And it just wasn't vibing with me, even though I was dabbling in that. And so I just decided to really kind of turn it on its head and yeah, just spend basically a year. And now it's been a little bit longer than that, running my business, like in the most simple way possible. How has that felt for you? Because I feel like success for me and the way that I defined it was very different before I became a mom. And I am cautious to say that because I also don't want to make people feel like they have to become a mother to experience a redefinition of something in your life. But for me, that was the pivotal thing. And so what did that feel like? Because I feel like a lot of times you almost have to deconstruct things that you've held to And that can be hard and it can be messy and it can be weird and uncomfortable. Did you experience any of that? Yeah. First, I want to affirm what you just said, because I feel so strongly that that is true. It is not motherhood. That's like a magic epiphany. Like, for example, I was just at my great uncle passed away recently. I was just at his funeral a couple of weekends ago. And I felt like I had the same epiphany again. Like, I feel like it could be any any turning point in your life. And that can be self-constructed. Like, you can just hit a point where you're like, I am done feeling this way or like I'm done with this overwhelm. It doesn't have to be like some big dramatic, you know, life thing. I think sometimes we see that glamorized in, in popular media and also just on social media, but sometimes it's just like a conscious choice of like, I'm ready to try something different. Yep. And I definitely felt some big feelings. Like most of what I kind of struggled with was sort of what I touched on in terms of feeling this external pressure to be a certain way, like, oh, what is making it? And I was spending a lot of emotional bandwidth thinking about what that looked like to other people. Yeah. What my perception of when a client comes to me, what I'm thinking they're wanting to see. And and so it was a lot of untangling that. Like, what, what do I actually want my business to look like? The point of running my own business is so that I have some say in what it looks like on a weekly basis for me in my life. And so it was a lot of like, just kind of a reckoning in terms of what I actually wanted versus what I felt like the world was telling me I needed to want. Walk us through what this looked like from maybe more of a financial standpoint, because I also think that scaling back can be very scary. What did that look like from a tactical standpoint when you decided consciously to kind of pull back and to kind of do business in a different way? Well, it was fascinating. So I love fascinating. It it was actually, yeah. I definitely thought that I would make less money. Obviously, that was my thought. But I actually increased my monthly revenue by just over 25%. So 
what was interesting to me is that previously, let's let so for example, let's say someone comes to me. I do a lot of visual branding. I do a lot of packaging design. Someone comes to me. They say, I want a logo and illustrations and a website. In the past, I would sometimes run those projects through me, but I would be paying the contractors to do the work. Like someone would do the illustrations. If it wasn't a style that I did, someone would do the website. And when I decided to really go on the kind of lean journey that I went on, I just started referring those projects to other people directly. So I cut myself out of it completely. So I was no longer this sort of middleman in between vendors and my clients. And I think what happened is it made me both feel like I could charge more because I wasn't tied up in a bigger project total, if that makes sense. And I also started to work with clients in like a deeper way. Now I almost, I work with very few new clients because I'm really fortunate that when people start working with me, they want to continue working with me. And so I think part of that has been just having more bandwidth to like go deeper instead of trying to churn through as many clients as possible because I have other people that I'm sending work to and I was kind of feeling responsible for, if that makes sense. Like I really felt sort of a pressure to always have a constant stream of work for these contractors that I worked with. And so it was fascinating. I did end up generating more revenue, even though I really very dramatically kind of simplified the type of project that I was taking on. Mm, I love that so much. It's funny. I remember viscerally being at a lunch with one of my friends who is very successful. He built a huge company and he asked me, he was like, how many people do you have on your team? And I was like, well, we have about five on salary and five contractors. And he's like, oh, I miss those days. And he had built this team of hundreds of people and the pressure of that. He said he would lose sleep at night just thinking about like he is funding people's livelihoods and their families and their children's college educations and all of these things. And it it was really a beautiful moment with his humility that like reminded me that like bigger is not always better. And I think that it's really powerful too, that you kind of talk about how you're able to go deeper and not wide. And I think that a lot of creatives have that desire, right? Like that creativity fuels this desire to do work that you absolutely love and that you're proud of. And a lot of times when we look at more agency models or scaling or going bigger because we believe it's better, we lose that depth of creativity. Was that something that you experienced? Yeah, definitely. I felt like I was more doing the work, like the work that I love. You know, I had a bunch of different jobs before I started running my studio, one of which was creative director And that is just not the job for me. Like I am someone who is in the trenches. I like to be doing the design. I don't like to tell other people what to design as much. So it felt like sort of a coming back to myself in that way. Like I knew that, but every once in a while, I felt this sort of like, you know, this was one of those many probably in my lifetime kind of divine nudges back to like, okay, no, get back to where you, where you're really supposed to be. And not to digress a little bit, but just talking about your friend with his business and the pressure of supporting other people. One thing that was like a real epiphany to me, because I loved giving money to other people. Like I love paying other people for doing work in their business. You know, it's so fun to support other people the same way that my clients support me. But what I realized is that the people that I was choosing to support while they were creatives, it made my life 
more complicated. And I am in a tender position in life right now with two very small children where like my bandwidth for additional stress is really low. So I found that taking those dollars and like allocating them to other things, we could do like speech therapy, we could support other businesses like in our city and our team. So I found that it was like I could still enjoy supporting other people because it's something that's really important to me is like pouring into other businesses the way that people pour into mine, but they didn't necessarily have to be designers. And I think that sometimes we forget that, like it could be anyone's business, you know, and, and you still get that same personal fulfillment and, and sense of happiness and watching someone else thrive. Yeah. I love that. So one thing that I absolutely love about you and something that I think a lot about and have a lot of conversations about offline is just how much do you share online? What parts of your life do you share? How much do you kind of pull back the curtain of your life? And as someone who has a very public life and whose family is a big part of that public life, it is something that I grapple with really often. And one thing that I respect about you, something that you and I will often DM about is just your choice to not share a lot of the personal topics that people share while having a personal brand, whether it's your family or your home. And so I kind of want to know some of the thoughts that go behind that. And maybe we can talk about some of the highlights of that and also some of the challenges. Hmm, Yeah, it is. It's definitely something that has really crystallized for me, probably in almost the exact four years since I was last here, I really had this sort of bizarre privacy wall pop up when I was pregnant with my first daughter. Totally inexplicable. I am not someone who, if you meet me in person, I will, I am total open book. You know, I am like willing to talk about anything very open, but I felt this really strong desire for privacy when I was pregnant. I'm not sure if it's some sort of like deep, inner maternal instinct, but I really, it was so intense that like, I almost, I asked my husband, I was like, how long can we not tell our families that we're pregnant? Like how many months before it would get kind of weird. And I was just really apprehensive about letting anybody in. And so that has kind of shaped the last four years for me. And for a long time, I battled that internally. I was like, no, this is wrong. I mean, the challenge for sure is that so much of what you hear from Instagram experts and like social media experts and people that truly are, I mean, as I said, experts in the field is like, show up. Your audience, you know, isn't going to trust you unless you, unless they can see you and they know you're a real person. People love babies. You know, you, you kind of, that narrative is very constant. Like you're not hearing people <laughs> say, don't do video, don't show up on Instagram. Like that message isn't there. And so that was really challenging for me feeling like so contrary internally to what I was hearing online. But over time, and it's it's almost so extreme for me, my desire for privacy, that it does feel very natural to me. The only thing that feels unnatural is sharing my personal life. And so it almost has made it really easy for me because there are such clear boundaries. I don't share my kids, my husband. I occasionally will throw my dog. I mean, like once a year, I have a chocolate lab. He's very cute, but no house. Like I really don't, that is just such a clear line in the sand for me. Part of that also may be that I feel I have a low tolerance for 
emotional dissonance. And so like when I share my work every once in a while, generally the people that follow me are really kind, but every once in a while people will have something less kind to say. And it's really easy for me to just kind of let that roll off my back when it's my illustrations. But I have a really clear sense that if I was opening up more vulnerability with my family or my parenting, I mean, I would be curious to hear your experience in this. I think you probably just like toughen up and I hope no one ever says anything unkind to you, but you know, everyone has opinions about everything these days. And so for me, just having that wall up is almost sort of a self-protection choice that I make to be able to actually focus on my design work instead of getting kind of tangled up in the everyday social media stuff. The Gold Digger podcast is supported by HubSpot. Entrepreneurs have a lot to deal with without tedious tasks like manually updating reports or chasing down teams to figure out if targets have slipped. With HubSpot CRM, get real-time data at your fingertips so your teams can stay in sync across the customer journey. Track your contacts and customers, send personalized emails in bulk, and get the context you need to create amazing experiences for your teams and for your customers at scale, all from one powerful platform. It's why more than 150,000 companies already use HubSpot CRM to run their businesses better. Plus, HubSpot's user-friendly interface sets you up for success from day one so you can spend less time managing software and more time on what matters, your customers. There's no better time to get organized. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better and get a special offer of 20% off on eligible plans at HubSpot.com slash Gold Digger. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. Yeah. I mean, I, I love how you do that. And I think you've done it super effectively. And I think it's something that a lot of people think about and question but there's no guidebook. Like we are the first generation to be raising another generation in this era. And so it's really, really fascinating, but I love how you do that. What has it felt like, you know, in kind of figuring out what those boundaries look like? Like I remember a few months ago, you made a personal post and then you decided to delete it. Like talk to me about some of those like stepping out and how you kind of gauge what you feel comfortable with. 
Well, I think this is sort of a common theme in, in the kind of two pieces of this episode being, you know, like simplifying your business and running lean. And then as we're just ha- having this sort of side conversation about sharing your, your personal thing online, I just think it's really important to constantly be evaluating your business, your, you know, your relationship with social media, like not every day, but one of my thoughts for 2023 was I really want to test the waters again. Maybe I'm just not trying hard enough and I should be sharing things online. I should be sharing photos. This is kind of a funny story, but I applied for like to know it, the, yeah, you know, and they were instantly like denied. You need more pictures of yourself. And they like sent a list of like pictures of your house, you know, pictures of your family. And I was like, I'm kind of internally proud of myself that I got denied. But that made me think I should try again. Like maybe I should just share more things and, you know, do it scared, like just kind of embracing that mindset. And so I posted this carousel. This is so funny, but I know other people feel this way because people send me messages all the time and I felt so alone. And like, I was just really strange, but I know that people feel this way. So I posted this carousel of images thinking, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to push myself outside of my comfort zone. And it was really a generic carousel of images. It was like a trip I had gone on, you know, a snowy backyard, like me going on a walk. And then the silhouette of my daughter looking out the window into our backyard. So it was just literally her hair. And I pushed it and I had truly almost like instantly a physical reaction. I thought I was just, you know, having like a brave moment, but really ultimately it was like my internal compass screaming, nope, this is still not comfortable for you. And so I think just ultimately the lesson for me was, you know, it's okay to try new things, but if it doesn't feel right, you don't have to do it. Like, I think I certainly am proof that you can have an online business without peeling back more of the curtain than you're comfortable with. Like, There is no one size fits all for sharing your personal life on social media. And what feels vulnerable to me might be, you know, filming literally me talking into my phone in my studio and that to someone else, you know, that's the peak of vulnerability for me. And that to someone else might be like not even giving it a second thought. And so I think just really getting in touch with that internal compass is so helpful in an era where everyone else wants to tell you what you need to do on social media, you know? Yes. So I want to ask, I want to ask a question that this leads me to, which I think is beautiful. Do you think that you have to like have a personality or a person behind a successful brand as someone who craves being a small business owner, because I know for a fact, there are people listening to this who are like, this all sounds amazing. I want to have a small business. I want to make more money. I want to be successful. I want to stay private. What do you think like the secret sauce is in this? And how could somebody apply even one thing just to kind of take a step towards this? Well, it depends a little bit on your emotional bandwidth. For example, I'm really comfortable. I mean, for me, it feels like I'm very comfortable sharing things about myself. So in my captions, I will sometimes reference like motherhood, my experience with motherhood, difficult, you know, something difficult I'm going through personally or feelings I'm navigating. So I think if you were 
Certainly, if you have an online business, it helps to have a little bit of your like personality injected into the brand. And I think it is nice if from time to time you can show up in whatever capacity feels good for you. If that's a still photo in your Instagram grid, that's awesome. If it's like one picture in stories, because then that's gone forever, that's fine too. But I think yeah, it's hard to answer because it's also brands are so different, right? Like if you're selling olive oil, it's probably less important. If you are a wedding photographer where you're really going to have like that one-on-one relationship with people, it may be more important. But I personally would say that I do not think there's any need to share anything like outside of yourself as you relate to your business to have a successful business. And truly, I mean, it depends again on your brand, but like, so I'm speaking as a graphic designer, I have several friends who run extremely successful studios. They don't even use social media. So I think sometimes we get so caught up in this sense of like, I have to be doing this. And then I sometimes talk to designers about this. I'm like, how many of your leads are coming from social media? And the answer is none. And so it's taking up a lot of emotional bandwidth. It's taking up a lot of time. And at the end of the day, it's not really generating any revenue. So you sort of have to decide, is it something that I want to do because I think I should or, and that's fine. You know, that, or like, I really want to, I want to be there because that's important to me. That's okay. If you can embrace that. But I think for a lot of businesses, especially service-based businesses, it's less important than we actually think. And certainly even less important to have like your personal, personal life on your business page would be my take. I would love to know, where do you see yourself four years from now? Like imagine Mm -hmm. we're sitting down together four years from now and we're recapping because I have watched this evolution of you and your business and everything unfold in a very beautiful way. Have you thought forward at all? Or do you have a magic looking glass that we can look into and imagine where Olivia will be four years from now? That's a great question. I am not someone who is a big, you know, four or five year plan kind of person. My experience personally has been that the best and the worst things that have happened to me have been way outside of anything that I could have imagined for myself. And so I sometimes try to spend more time focusing on being here right now, you know, so I'm not someone who has, I'm certainly not someone that has a list of goals. But if I had to intuitively guess, you know, I think I will probably be doing the same thing and hopefully in a scale that makes sense for where I'm at in my life. I'm in a tender age of children, extremely young. And I feel like I've done a really nice job of, I know sometimes you talk about blend in your life and I feel like I'm almost whatever the opposite of blend is. Like I'm going for like oil and water. I don't want my work and my life to overlap at all, you know? And so that's how I am able to survive emotionally is just really compartmentalizing those things. And so I think in the future, I see myself living a peaceful life with clear boundaries in place, a good relationship with social media, encouraging people online through my artwork, 
and continuing to serve clients and hopefully working with even some of the same clients I have now because that longevity and those relationships with my clients are really important to me. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. One word that you keep bringing up, and I know a lot of people struggle with, is the word boundaries. Do you have any tips or advice or any strategies around how you've created boundaries that feel good for you? Because I think that is something that people really struggle with and need some yeah. guidance on. One thing that's, that has been really helpful for me is sort of reverse engineering my business. Like instead of, and the catalyst for this for me was definitely having a child and my schedule changing. But instead of just like 
trying to cram everything that I can into a week. It's being really honest with myself about how much time I have available, like not taking on 40 hours of work if I only have 25 hours to work. So that's kind of more a little bit more broad than a boundary. But I think that is a really good place to start is like figuring out what your bandwidth is and then figuring out how your business is going to fit into that most likely limited amount of time that we all have. And then I think the boundaries come really easily. Like for me, I don't text clients. You know, I I have really clear email communication boundaries. And I think some of that comes from time. Most of the boundaries that I have developed in my business have been when something happens and it upsets me or I notice that it kind of irks me and I'm like, oh, I want to I want to make sure that doesn't happen with a client again. And that's when I'll put a boundary into place. So I think being honest with yourself about your capacity for work and how much time so that you're not feeling perpetually frustrated, that helps. And then just kind of, it doesn't have, you don't have to wait for terrible things to happen, but just kind of looking back over your business and being like, oh, what is something that has happened that felt frustrating to me? And how can I protect myself from that happening again in the future? And then you just get it in your contract or in the way you communicate with your clients. And, you know, some pe- people for the most part, 99% of the time for me are so good at honoring the boundaries that I put in place. And I think most people in the society that we're in right now have their own boundaries in some capacity. And so they're willing and eager to respect yours the way that they hope that theirs will be respected as well. Oh, I love that. I remember at the very beginning of this show, like years and years and years ago, I did an episode about like, if you have unsatisfied clients, it's usually a lack of expectations set out. Mm -hmm. And I think that advice that you just gave is so huge because oftentimes if somebody has a bad experience with you or you're frustrated or you find yourself being spiteful about the work you're doing, there was somewhere along the way that expectations weren't set. And it's such a beautiful reminder to like create very clear expectations. And I know that as someone who sets those within her own team and family and all the areas Once you express them, most of the time, it's not even an issue. But a lot of times, if they're not expressed, and they're not said, that's where a lot of the confusion and complication and problems can come in. So I love that advice. I think it's so powerful. Yeah. And they're, they're not like a, I think sometimes when we think about boundaries, we think about being like, don't do this to me, you know, absolutely not. And you can very, very easily, my, certainly my approach in business is like non-confrontational, gentle, and that is the way that I do everything. And you can put that into the universe. You can, you can have boundaries that are kind boundaries. It doesn't have to be like, you know, caps lock exclamation points, which is what it feels like sometimes to stand up for yourself. But I think you can do everything in a way that you feel good about too. And that makes your clients or the people that you're interacting with feel excited to respect you and and your expectations. Okay, so we've covered a lot over the last four years. What are you most excited about right now? What are you working on? Kind of give us a peek into what life is like these days. Well, I have the greatest clients right now. I'm so fortunate. Lots of incredible brands that I'm working with, fun packaging projects, fun visual branding, logo design projects. I also play golf competitively 
and still play a lot of tournaments. It's a big part of my life. And I'm working with a lot of golf brands right now. So that has been really fun for me because I just have such a deep love of the industry and knowledge of the industry. And so it's been fun to get into that, some food brands, snack brands. I'm also working on multiple additional children's books right now and children's Ooh. products. And so just really fun things. Like I just have so much gratitude. It's fu- it's funny. This is this kind of four-year timeline. Like I really have been able to take a second and think about how different my life is, how different I am. And I'm just excited. I have no clue what's ahead, but I'm so excited for it. Oh, I love that. For some reason in my brain, whenever I think of four years, I always just think of college, you know, like, (laughs) and like how much you change from age 18 to 22. And I feel like it's such a beautiful reminder too that. It's like, we are constantly evolving and learning and growing. And there's this line in my book that I have shared and I say it to Coco every night, but it's like, I love who you are, but I also love who you're becoming. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just so powerful for us as women, as mothers, as business owners to invite ourselves to keep evolving. And it's impossible to stop the evolution. And so I feel like when we embrace it and allow it, it just gives us this expansiveness to always be like introspective of like, what feels good and what is success right now? And what do I want? And all of those things. And so I love this conversation because it kind of allows us to see like, Hey, I'm not who I was four years ago. And that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is a beautiful thing. And I think just continuing to, you know, cheer people on and, and acknowledge that everyone else is going to change too. And that's beautiful. And like, it's just an honor to get to know whether it's colleagues or work friends or family, you know, everyone is evolving constantly. And it's a beautiful process that moves us all forward. Well, I can't wait to see who you become and put it on your calendar that we will connect again (laughs) in the year of 2027 to see what has happened in the life of Olivia Herrick. I can't wait. Where can everybody find you and connect with you? Where can they get their hands on your children's books and learn more about your business and see how unpersonal yet still personal your brand is online. Give me all the places. Yeah. If you want to see me, you won't find me. So, <laughs> But you can find all my work at OliviaHerrickDesign.com or on Instagram at OliviaHerrickDesign. And my children's book and my first word flashcards are sold. Anywhere books are sold, but you can also find them on Barnes & Noble, local bookshops, or Amazon. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming back on the show, Olivia. It has been such a treat. Okay. Thanks for having me. I absolutely love having guests come back on the show and talking about their transformation. There is something so powerful about really seeing who you were and who you've become and understanding that you are going to change and grow and evolve and learn and contradict yourself and that there's something so beautiful in that. And I also love having conversations with guests who think and do things differently than me. I feel like that's how we are actually challenged. And that is how we learn and grow and evolve. Today's conversation was awesome. I hope that it hit you in the way that it was meant to. I would love to hear your biggest takeaways or connect with you over these topics. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. And of course, until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. 
Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.